I mean, I'll tell you what, a flat out, someone goes on and says something off, off, off key towards cheer updates or bashing cheer updates, which they love to do. I go right to the favorites. Block, 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 block. You can join the 2,500 other people that are blocked on cheer updates. You don't get to access us anymore because cheer updates is a privilege. It's not something that you were entitled to. It is not a right. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 135. Not sure if there's going to be a 136, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Guys, I had the privilege of sitting down with the one and only DJ Jaeger, but you might better know him as Cheer Updates. From accidental beginnings to truly being an industry disruptor, DJ's insights are eye-opening, informative, and intriguing to say the least. There was a point in the conversation where my jaw literally dropped. We start into DJ's serendipitous entry into the cheerleading world. You know the story. Boy has sister. Boy's scared to death that his sister's going to die at cheer practice. So he steps in as a coach. And it's crazy how that blossom into the game changer he is today. Then we go from accidental coach to the birth of cheer updates, the pioneering force in cheerleading news coverage. Throughout the episode, you'll hear DJ's emphasis on the importance of accountability and transparency in our sport and then he gives a candid analysis of the financial strains the industry has put on our athletes and their families including a cost breakdown of the escalating prices of competitions particularly at venues like ESPN wide world of sports I'm telling you now there's not a dull minute in this entire conversation But before we get into that, if you are new, welcome to the show where we are bringing cheer education and entertainment to both coaches and parents alike. And when we can, bridging the gap between the parents and the coaches. New episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Google Podcasts. Quick shout out to Claire who helps us stay on top of things on IG. Shout out to Jenny who edits the pod. Shout out to my mother, love you mom. Shout out to Sheila, Robin, Chanel, Tamara, Pablo. Representing for all the cheer dads out there, our mate Michelle, Mike the Lean Mean Coaching Machine. Shout out to Adam and Casey. Shout out to Melissa from the Sweet Miss Bake Shop. Check her out on IG. Lauren Clark. Shout out to Bode. Say hi to me. It's my birthday, Beal. And our two newest supporters, Erica and Austin. Erica, Austin, truly means a lot to me that you would donate financially to the show. Again, everything donated goes towards making this a better show for your listening pleasure. And if you want to help support the show financially, there is a link in the show notes to do so, but if you're looking for the best free way to support the show, the best free way is to share this podcast. Simply share it with another person who loves cheer just as much as you do. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life running a program, managing a staff, 
coaching the athletes and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a man who revolutionized our consumption of cheer, media, and industry news. Without further ado, my conversation with DJ Yeager. DJ, welcome to the show. Thanks. So DJ, tell us how you got involved in cheerleading. What's the story, man? Um, I got involved in cheerleading accidentally. My sister started doing recreational cheerleading. And you know how it goes, especially back in like the 90s and early 2000s. Someone's mom is always going to step up and just be the coach because she cheered in high school a long time ago. Mm -hmm. The sport has evolved so much more since then. And it actually happened to be my aunt that was doing it. And I didn't have a lot of confidence that she knew what she was going to do. And while me and my sister fight like cats and dogs sometimes, like most siblings, I kind of feared for her safety. So I mean, she was a flyer, <laughs> I ended up going out and just kind of, they practiced in a field just kind of like hung around make sure they didn't actually kill her. Yeah. And then it became more and more hands on. And then this is when we still had tons of like coaches conferences and stuff like that, especially up here in the Northeast, epic brands used to run a lot of conferences. And we started going to the coaches conferences and then it kind of evolved from there. And then a brand new charter school opened up. My niece and nephew actually go to the charter school now, but that would have been in like 2001 Mm -hmm. and they needed a cheerleading coach. And so they hired my aunt and my aunt, like she's like, I still have limited scope as to what I can do. So we kind of learned together Mm -hmm. and we coached that team. And in the first year we won the state championship, which yes, I am from Delaware, but we do have some teams that compete against each other. So winning the state (laughs) championship was pretty exciting even though it was like five schools Mm -hmm. and we kind of evolved from there that was a middle school so it was sixth seventh and eighth grade yep and then those kids started to move on to high school and delaware does not have a massively competitive scholastic network of schools and these kids had evolved and grown their skills and they wanted something more so my aunt actually launched her own all-star club which back in like the early 2000s you know it was way easier than it is doing Mm -hmm. it today gyms were popping up left and right and we just kind of evolved from there. And then I guess my fandom just continued to surpass what was happening here in Delaware. And long story short, I'm, we'll get into it, I'm sure. But now it has evolved to what it has become all by accident, I guess, which is yeah. funny to say, but also crazy to look back at. It'll be 12 years. It was a decade. It'll be 12 years in January since um, cheer updates actually started and again it was it was purely accidental there was no plan there was no mass takeover there was no hostile like we're going to do this it just evolved and it happened and i say every day it is a blessing and it is a curse at the same time depending on the day i think yeah well so real quick let's go back how old are you when you start coaching the middle school or the rec league um, so this was early 2000s. Yeah, this is like early 2000s. So I was right out of high yeah. school. So I graduated high school in 2003. So I might have even been in high school my senior year when this mm-hmm. was starting. So I mean, that that's kind of the norm for that era. I think there wasn't a lot of like regulation people, there wasn't a lot of structure. I mean, this is right at the inception of the USASF mm-hmm. and everything else too. I mean, we still haven't even arrived at the first world championship yeah. when all of this was happening. But cheerleading did, believe it or not, happen organically and natively 
early and there were entry points for people to get into the sport with greater opportunity and greater chance of success rate than there are if you're trying to hop into it now. Like, I don't think that that exact situation could be replicated at this point with how evolved and demanding the sport has become. Yeah, it's very intense. And it's very intimidating, I think, for people to try to they just they couldn't navigate that path again. I don't think it was just uh, the time and the era that it happened. And it happened like that for a lot of people, I think. I mean, I come from the era where I fell in love with cheerleading because I watched it on YouTube and I saw shooting stars and I saw Top Gun and we were enamored with what they were doing. And we had access to them via this video platform Mm -hmm. on the internet that we could access for free and fall in love with the sport and fall in love with cheerleading and really choose like, yeah, I'm going to get involved in this. This is something really, really cool. I remember those days. You know what's funny? I remember back like when YouTube first started, like those Top Gun videos would only be on for like a couple of weeks because they would always take them down. They'd always be like, no. And I was like, how's Top Gun taking all these videos yet? Yeah. yeah, I was like, they want to keep it. And it's crazy how cheer has evolved yeah. because it went from you never told anyone anything you were doing in your routines. And now, you know, you have someone like Cheer Updates who comes to your showcase and highlights everything, you know, mm-hmm. in the very beginning of the season. It's like, we don't have that that secret, you know, society that we used to have. We didn't want anyone to know what you actually had until, you know, it was too late. And so, yeah, the sport has definitely changed in that way for sure. Well, and you remember what it was like too. Mm-hmm. We didn't want anybody having our music mm-hmm. and music was traded underground. And now it's like we have these elaborate yep. music releases, some of them with video like shoot. <laughs> <laughs> to accommodate them like uh, we have really we have really catapulted cheerleading mm-hmm. into the mainstream and I think it's a good thing. Cheerleading is best when it is visible and it is accessible because that is how people will Mm -hmm. access it and fall in love with it. I don't think that people, and we'll talk about this later, I'm sure, but I don't think that people fall in love and come up to a paywall that's protecting all of this amazing content that Mm -hmm. they're going to be enamored with and fall in love with and be like, you know what? I might, I'm going to go ahead and pay this $24.99 per Mm -hmm. month just in case. We're stop gating people from getting into the sport. We have to make the sport accessible. We have to make it free. We have to make it visible. Like again, I say all the time, cheer updates is successful because cheer updates has mainstreamed mm-hmm. competitive cheerleading. I can turn on ESPN one through 12 at any given time of the day and find mm-hmm. golf. If I wanted to find golf on ESPN, I could find it. Can't find cheerleading at, at any given time of the day. So I think that is important. And I think that the gyms, especially who are not trying to capitalize massively off of this visibility, they get it. They're putting themselves out there more and more and more and getting comfortable and owning the awesome things that their kids are doing. But you look at the other side and they just want to maximize profits for what they think that they can mm-hmm. own and control. And we're probably getting way ahead of ourselves, Jason. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just yeah. super passionate about it. And it's been, like I said, it's been a, a decade and more than a decade at this point of trying to craft how people view the sport while still maintaining the integrity of what this is. It's a sport. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. It's okay for people to make mistakes. Like that's what makes it real. People get up in the little league world mm-hmm. series and they strike out and mm-hmm. it's okay because it's a part of the game. And, and these gyms get it because these gyms are the front lines of where these kids are entering the sport and they get that they have to be seen and embraced and have people fall in love with what they are seeing and want to subscribe to. I'm going to be that one day. They absolutely get it. The top guns of the worlds, the Woodlands elites, the Brandon all-stars, the stingrays. I put themselves out more recently. California all-stars. They all get the visibility game that we are playing, especially because once it comes out of the gym, there are so many paywalls around it, guarding that content and guarding those entry points into the sport. Yeah. That's such an excellent point. True story. All right. So you've mentioned this a couple of times, just 
about the accident yeah. that it's caused. You know, you got into cheer by accident, kind of alluded that cheer updates started by accident. So tell us this accidental story on, on how cheer updates got started. Okay, it's super simple. It was the majors in their second year. So they're one year older than cheer updates. <laughs> and I've been really good friends, I guess, through it, the fierce boards. I guess I ended up meeting Benny Gardner's dad, mm-hmm. Nelson, and his wife, Sarah, who still amazing people. I still keep in touch with them. I still keep in touch with Maddie now that she's like come gone and now she's back, mm-hmm. which is really exciting. And they were going to the majors and I was coaching at a small gym in Southern Delaware. This is post my aunt's all-star club. You know how that goes. <laughs> and the gym that I was driving to, I might not seem very far to people, but it was halfway down the state. So it was an hour each way, <laughs> which like now people drive three and four hours each way, which like good for you. Like that is massive dedication. And the kids at the gym were like, oh, well, we want to know how all these teams are doing because the internet was catching on and the sport was out there and they wanted, they saw it and they want to know how these teams are doing. And I was like, well, I have no interest in getting on a group text with 50 Mm -hmm. people. And now the USASF would even frown upon Mm -hmm. that. So it's a good thing that didn't happen that way. So I ended up going to the majors and I was like, I'll just get a Twitter account and I'll just post what happens on the Twitter account. And you can just follow that. Now, prior to, prior to this, Marley, who has been with me since the beginning, she's my right hand. She's Cheer Updates too. She does a lot of like the graphic and visual work that was behind everything that we've done at Cheer Updates. She wanted me to get on Twitter for years mm-hmm. before that because she was on it. And I was like, you know what? Like people don't care if I'm having Chipotle for lunch and people <laughs> don't care what my dog is doing. And I thought that was the only purpose for Twitter. I didn't have a purpose for it. And so I created the account and I don't even know what it was called the first mm-hmm. night because I can't even remember. But I know the logo was like a post-it that we found on mm-hmm. Google that just had update on it. And we still bring it back. It's We still bring back the throwbacks sometimes and it's kind of funny to look back at the like how minor we thought this was like going to be mm-hmm. we, like i literally thought we we're just tweeting for like 50 kids at home to read and it turned into five like 500 followers in one mm. night and we're like okay well like that was that was cool and then like i was still in indie for the weekend because jam fest this is when i guess teams could still compete at jam fest and the majors mm-hmm. and i was like okay well let's see how many followers we can get to and it was like a game and it was like 1200 followers end of the weekend. I was like, all right, that was cool. Well, NCA came up. NCA was earlier that year. So NCA came up. I had no plans to go to NCA, but it was one of the first years they were live streaming it. Marley and I live, um, live streamed the events from our homes. Like she lived in Maryland near Baltimore. So she was like an hour away from me. And even that story we met by accident too, through a girl named Sydney. And <laughs> we just were on the phone for 14 hours a day, just like posting yep. seconds after the team was done. Sometimes even before, like as it come up during their dance Mm -hmm. and we finished out the weekend with like 3000 followers. And I was like, okay, like that was cool. What are we going to do next? Worlds. Worlds comes. No one has any idea. We're sitting at Worlds because we love to spectate and be in the front row. I used to sit in the fierce board sections mm-hmm. for anybody who's listening who knows what that is, <laughs> which now with the new venues, they've kind of destroyed the nostalgia of mm-hmm. that. And Worlds came and funny story, I was tweeting it on my BlackBerry <laughs> because I was a, I was a, I was a BlackBerry <laughs> yeah. person for iPhone. And I still love my BlackBerry. I actually just watched the BlackBerry documentary on a plane last week. Mm. And we finished out the weekend at 11,000 followers. And I I was like okay like that was that was cool yeah like maybe this is something that people need and people want and no one else is doing it and by that time we were so far out ahead 
like it, it just it couldn't be replicated mm-hmm. it was actually funny too because people thought that there was some grand scheme there were i mean i was i sat in like on judging panels like leading up to that when this was happening and there were like stories like oh it's it's executives from so-and-so sent to spy on the brands to find out what's going mm-hmm. on and i'm like no it's not <laughs> like i'm sitting in the back of my head i'm like no it's not and i was like you guys have no idea i was like you are fantasizing over this and making it like way more sensational than it actually yeah. is and then it actually this is when NACCC was still a thing i was not at doral that year but i do have friends that are at doral and i won't name them i'm very guarded about sources and people who tell me things i think that that's part of the 12 years of mm. trust that people have mm-hmm. put into your updates they can tell things they know it's not going to become regurgitated out and if it is it's not going to be attributed back to any individual mm-hmm. person as long as it's the truth i mean there should be there's a place for yeah. it and they apparently the leadership there because they were talking about different things they wanted to happen they like were hauling people out and they were like we know you know who it is now you're going to go in that room and you're going to show us who it is and i know one person in particular was like the person's not even in that mm-hmm. room and you're never going to stop it and i think that in that moment and in retrospect 365 days later i was speaking in front of that same exact mm-hmm. room the veil had been pulled back a little bit but we were able to maintain being anonymous responsibly anonymous i guess for a good period mm-hmm. where a handful of people knew but a lot of people did not but now i feel like everybody knows yeah and it's like i said it's a it's a blessing and it's also a curse <laughs> at the same time but yeah that's the story i mean it was purely accidental fell into it had no plan real quick let me ask you this how did you decide to go from anonymous to just be like no it's it's me dj Cheer coaches, is your routine a hot mess? Okay, maybe not hot mess, but you know that if you're going to be competitive, you've got to figure out a way to get your routine cleaner. All right, well, my highly requested training, How to Clean Your Routine, is finally a digital course that you can purchase right now. So no more blah performances. Click the link in the show notes and get ready for crispy, clean routines. I think that I went from being anonymous to owning it. And in the beginning, it was me as a person. And, and Marley did a lot of work for us also. But I think that it, we it kind of grew beyond needing to be anonymous. And then it went to like the next tier where a handful of people at the highest levels knew because we were gaining access and having coordinated, coordinated releases and stuff like that with a lot of the big players in the industry. So mm-hmm. you can't be behind a screen and be an anonymous person and have a lot mm-hmm. of trust put in you Mm -hmm. and like it was probably a slow rollout it's like when you needed to know you knew and then you were like oh like Mm -hmm. and a lot of times they were like oh well who is that like they didn't know i mean i wasn't Mm -hmm. i wasn't some like prolific well-known person that they were like oh i can't believe Mm -hmm. that it's finding out that it's dj even when my best friend who you had on your show over a month ago i remember when she called me i was walking on a treadmill and she called me and she was like i have to ask you something And I was like, yeah. And she's like, are you cheer updates? And I was like, yes. And she like (laughs) screamed and like laughed. And we still laugh about it. Like over a decade later, we still laugh about it. We were still talking about it at the office a couple weeks ago. But like, it's like when you needed to know, you needed to know. And you didn't, if you didn't need to know, then it's awesome. Just enjoy it kind of thing. Yeah, there you go. I remember finding out you were walking, we're at NCA. I can't even name the year, but we were there and you're wearing like a cheer updates pullover. That's cheer updates. No, up there. I even know. 
there's a guy. I even know there's a face behind your updates. There he is. <laughs> and I just like, I guess that's him. So, all right, cool. And you had like little, there are like people like surrounding you. It's pretty cool. That was, that was years ago. Crazy. Yeah, it was, it was cool. But like now, Jason, Jason, it's not cool now. Like I'm, I'm human like everyone else. Like I mm-hmm. and Thapia, me and Thapia will laugh about this. Like coming home from NCA one year, like we're flying back to Philly, of course, because that's where South, uh, New Jersey Spirit Explosion flies out of. And like, I mm-hmm. fell asleep on the plane. I still, I fell asleep on the plane. And like, you know what it's like after NCA. Sometimes it's an ugly sleep on the plane. Mm-hmm. And Thapia sent me a picture of myself sleeping on the plane. And I was like this. I'm like, Thapia, I was like, I hope you follow Worlds. <laughs> like, like, th- thanks so much for sharing that. But yeah, I mean, so being anonymous had its perks. Being not anonymous mm-hmm. has greater level of respect and responsibility, I think. And I think that that yeah. is worth the trade-off. Yeah, for sure. All right. So tell me, when did you realize this could be something that could really have an impact on the industry. I think that after NCA, we kind of were like, okay, this is this is blowing up. After that first NCA when we were doing it from home, this is blowing up and this is something great because people are out here for the first time clamoring for cheerleading information. And you know how primitive mm-hmm. it was in the beginning. It was like tumble bust and like it was like and it was like written out of the poor staff's mm-hmm. hands, like the like the poor mm-hmm. staff's hands, like tweeting and and like and some of them were doing it on a BlackBerry, so you know the BlackBerry used to click, so it was like click mm-hmm. click 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 click. <laughs> so I think right after that first NCA, we're like, okay, that was really awesome. This is like we have carved out a niche that mm-hmm. people obviously have a want for. Mm-hmm. This is this is going to be something. Still wasn't sure what it was going to be because at that point we were still like, oh, awesome, we gained five thousand followers this weekend, mm-hmm. and then. At worlds we were gaining like five thousand followers a day so it's like crazy i think the, yeah. the highest number of followers we ever gained in a day in years was something like fourteen thousand followers in one day um, which is which is like for these anons out there right now it's your life's work <laughs> in one day <laughs> Call <them out>. so, <laughs> so i i mean it, i mean but even in that moment we're like awesome but i remember the days of being excited like awesome we gained 50 followers and now i'm like we gained 360 followers in the last 30 minutes and i'm like yeah okay i mean we're gaining followers right now we're getting hundreds of followers a day sometimes and nothing's happening the season's just rolling back up i still haven't mm-hmm. predicted and and mastered the understanding of how and why people follow and where they're coming from because i was mm-hmm. like we have a lot of people that follow us where are these people coming from at this point yeah but they're coming they're coming and cheerleading still has a lot of excitement and a lot of attention behind it which is so mm-hmm. great for the sport yeah man i love this <laughs> savage <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, this was cool. I remember I remember seeing this. I'm at PCM and all of a sudden see you posting everyone's tryout information. And I'm like, tryout information getting put, you know, California. I'm, I'm just making up teams. Not sure this is exact, but you know, I see California yeah. All-Stars stuff getting posted and Maryland Twister stuff getting posted. Oh, I mean, we gotta get we gotta get PCM on there. And I remember like like tweeting you, like, hey, and you'd actually reposted me a couple of times um, or retweeted me a couple of times on like just other like random stuff. So I'm like, hey, send out this PCM stuff. And now nothing and i see someone else's and then i'm like jared i can't get cheer updates to post our child information he goes cheer updates is now a business and i go oh that's freaking brilliant he's getting yeah. paid to have people repost it so talk to us about when you realize that this could become a business and not just you know twitter well i'm gonna give full credit to cherokee Greensteer at green bay elite because she's just such a great honest person and she's the person who forced me to realize it mm-hmm. this is like when everything was getting posted and she's like 
DJ. Like she's like, I need you to formalize some sort of like gym relationship marketing plan because I don't want to feel like I'm taking advantage of our friendship and mm-hmm. like you're providing a service. And so I was like, okay, well, what would you want in a year? And so we developed a plan together with a certain amount of like reshares, a certain amount of original posts, different posts on different platinum or platforms. And we just derived it from that. And when we priced it again, it wasn't becoming like a massive main revenue source. We just wanted it for someone, people to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think it costs like $325 for the year. And it was like a dollar twenty-seven a post or a share based off of which those numbers are now unheard of. Like that's not real life Mm -hmm. in social media and influence marketing. But like we just, I cared so much about the industry and the sustainability of the industry and the visibility of the industry and getting kids into gyms that they wanted to be at just by educating and informing them. It was just like Mm -hmm. a token to make them legitimize what they're doing, their investment in marketing. Again, all the credit absolutely goes to Cherokee, who I'm still great friends with. And, but she is the one who was like, please, please create something because I just don't want to feel like I'm taking advantage of you by asking you to post for me uh, and my business because she's like, I'm profiting off of yeah. I'm profiting off of what you are doing for me, which I yeah. thought was very, very honest and very, very real. And again, that's probably one of the most real interactions. If I had to like rank my real interactions top 10 in this industry over the last 12 years, that is still amongst the top 10. And that's just the type of person that she is. Yeah, there we go. Dude, absolutely love it. It was like an anvil helped me when, when he said, Said, it's a business now and I was like good for him good for him look at that yeah again there was no there was no plan so it was purely accidental yeah I remember like sometimes I would just like send something and you'd be like hey I'll retweet that and I was like dude look he did us a solid that was cool so yeah dude I can't wait to get into the rest of this this interview uh Cherokee if you happen to be listening because DJ's your friend um once upon a time at like summit you said hey I need to talk to you about something and Cherokee I'm not sure if you even knew who I was or you were mistaking me for someone else but I was like awesome I somehow found your email I emailed you I haven't heard back so Cherokee if you're listening and you really do want to talk to me hit your boy again Get in contact with DJ. He, he knows how to get in, talk, in contact with me. Anyway, let's get to a break and we'll come back. We're talking more about DJ. Cheer updates. Let's go. And we are back. This question comes to us from Coach Lauren. Routine cleanup. Staff, original choreographer, guest coach with a fresh set of eyes. Great question. And honestly, we do all three. Lots of cleaning up from our own staff. We'll bring back the original choreographers. We'll do coaches swaps within our program. And I'll do video reviews for our coaches and our teams. So if you're looking for a second set of eyes as you're gearing up for a big event, I'd love to help you out. You send me your routine and I'll send you a video back of your routine with what I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I have done this for have gone on to be world champions. NCA All-Star Champions, NCA Collegiate Champions, Summit Champions, and D2 Summit Champions. So if this sounds like something you would be interested in, you can reach me via email at jasonlarkins at me.com or on IG at Let's Talk Cheer Podcast. Link in the show notes. So DJ, let's hop into this. Obviously, cheer updates, you know, your life's work, right? You you know, full time there, but are you still involved in cheer in any other capacities? 
I think that I still play a lot of roles in cheerleading. I do work at Infinity, happily been there for nearly three years. I manage the top 20 accounts, both domestically and internationally for them. And I get to work on a ton of different special projects, especially things that I'm like passionate about, like scoring and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I know that you know we brought on Allison Ditko, who I think that is like the uncompromisable judge. Mm-hmm. I used to hate seeing her on panel as a, t- as a coach because I was like, mm, she's going to hand it to me. Even though she loves mm-hmm. me, she's going to hand it to me. And like, and it's to be awful but i like so i get to work on those types of projects and everything else and while i'm not coaching anymore i often say that i coach the coaches i have a massive mm-hmm. network of friends who have all different levels of teams and different levels of super successful emerging successful just starting out and i think that like i often like find myself coaching the coaches i say jokingly that i often maintain the largest therapy couch in cheerleading and at (laughs) any given time it's communal there's dozens of people laying on my therapy couch getting talked off a ledge if they had a bad practice talking about how they should approach different situations leaving competitions feeling jaded and basically blockaded like they don't want to be talked to or can't be heard even though it's valid i mean but you know that that is the new norm that even though you may have mm-hmm. a valid point to talk about sorry we can't talk about that mm-hmm. which is a whole nother it's a whole nother podcast i'm sure like, these are just things that annoy me and because i just don't think they're good for the sport so those are the kind of the roles that i have in cheerleading at this point i am a constant advocate of people who are trying to do great things for the sport and that comes from mm-hmm. like the usasf and i don't know if they're a membership organization or a governing body at this point but I just want to see them represent the sport well because they should be a beacon of incoming athletes and an entry point for Mm -hmm. people into the sport. And again, I mean, I'm not like, without being super critical, but being critical, sometimes I think that we have to be extremely careful and relevant and purposeful in how we market the sport because Mm -hmm. we have to treat the sport like it is. The sport has evolved. We are not in 1999 anymore. We are not the early 2000s. These kids are doing incredible things and intricate, super demanding athletic things. And I just find a lot of flaw a lot of times in some of the messaging and I have a very open dialogue with my friends at the USASF about trying to guide the sport into whatever century we are living in and modern day cheerleading mm-hmm. because that is the world that we are living in right now people are not going to be impressed by a high V clap low V clap clean mm-hmm. people are impressed by massive intricate on trend relevant things and I think that that is what will make the sport more attractive so again whether that is an involvement or me just projecting what I think needs to happen i do Mm -hmm. have a little bit of a good idea of what people like to see at this point i think again those are kind of those are kind of like the roles that i play in cheerleading at this point yeah and to be like the honest watchdog like people might Mm -hmm. people give me this like massive bad reputation where they're like oh dj's a explicitive he's always been an explicitive but like what dj's what a truth teller dj's real Mm -hmm. dj's candid dj's honest dj's the same every single time you go to him and i don't think that those are bad things and again, I think that we're probably going to talk about more about how this has shaped me and made me into who I am later in the interview. But I think that these are different ways that I find myself involved in cheerleading, mostly celebrating the amazing things that are happening in the sport and elevating the things that I think are important, because these important things are going to be gateways into the sport for people who are going to stumble across our content and be like, this is an amazing world that I want to be a part of. Yeah, that that's kind of my involvement in cheerleading at this point. It's, it's every 
evolving and just like cheer updates, it evolves to be need-based. So whatever the industry needs or whatever mm-hmm. the people in this industry need from me is what I try to be for them. Yeah. For years, I've always wanted to ask you this question, just like even before I had the podcast, I was like, man, that's just, I want to know how DJ feels about this. But I remember this during the pandemic, I called you and you had released something like on Twitter or on ASGA or something. Or no, I think you probably released it on Twitter, but then it got, it picked up uh, momentum on ASGA. But you had released something that happened and just said, hey, this is going on in the in the cheer world. Maybe it was like Worlds got canceled or Summit got canceled or something like that. I mean, yeah, that was one of the most prolific things that I did. Man, I don't think you did anything wrong. You know, it is what it is. So how do you balance people wanting news quickly, but at the same time, you catch heat when you deliver it too quickly, right? You catch heat when you don't deliver it quick enough. You catch heat when you deliver it too quickly. How do you balance that? And how does that make you feel as a person? I will just say this. Fortunately, I have very thick skin and very broad shoulders to carry the burden and the weight of telling the truth. Mm -hmm. Going to that example specifically, yeah, it was awful. It was tragic. But it was real. It was happening. And I mean, the Olympics were canceled. There was no good way for everyone to find out that the world championship was not going to happen as we thought it was going to, even though a lot of people had begun to put together the pieces and realized it was not going to happen. Mm -hmm. There was no good way for that news to come out. And like when I look back at like an interview that Simone Biles did, like she found out she was training on a beam. They didn't pull Mm -hmm. her aside and have a special like, Simone, we want to let you know the Olympics are going to be canceled moment. It just Mm -hmm. came out on ESPN and and the news. Like Mm. it just it just came out and it was truthful and it was factual and it sucked. Just like the world championship being getting canceled sucked. But again, we balance it in the fact that it is the truth. It was verified. And if it wasn't on cheer updates, what was it going to be on? A random site with no identity? And then we had mass hysteria and question whether or not it was happening. I don't think that people were as mad that we told, but they deflected a lot of that disappointment and anger and madness on 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 me on cheer updates as the being the one who who told they, they they deflected their disappointment in it not happening mm-hmm. onto a person rather than the situation and again like i said i have very thick mm-hmm. skin i have very broad shoulders and i carried that burden and like yeah that was an awful awful day and an awful night and the things that people said to me like thank god they said them to me because if they said them to other mm-hmm. people, I don't know. I don't know where their minds would be and like and how they would have handled that. Like to have the entire world, essentially this world, mad and disappointed in you. I mean, mm-hmm. but again, like that was happening all over the world. And again, there was no great way for everyone to find out simultaneously. And I think that a lot of people just weren't being fully honest with the world that was evolving around us and mm-hmm. and and did not emotionally prepare for the reality of what they were about to face, I think. I think that a lot of those messages that I received on that night and those couple of days afterwards were emotionally driven messages. And yeah. I mean, that's, that's cheerleading. Uh, we are an emotional sport. So I think that that's how I kind of balance it. Like, Again, I am a realist. Cheer Updates is a news site. It is it is not a kumbaya fairy tale candy land work of fiction. Mm-hmm. It is real. 
and sometimes real sucks. And in that day, it really did suck. But again, we were one sport of so many. I mean, the NBA finals were canceled. We surely did not mm-hmm. think that the cheerleading world championships was going to continue as planned. Disney World ended up not opening until October after they closed. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. come on, like, again, but again, I balance that by just saying that, like, it is the truth. It was verified. And in that case, I can tell you this, and I would never say who. We knew at noon, eight hours mm-hmm. prior to that announcement, that that was going to happen. And people, I, I mean, you, didn't, you guys didn't think that this article just manifested itself in three mm-hmm. minutes post the announcement. Like, it was verified and coordinated. And I'll just leave it at that without saying too much more about it. There you go. All right. I got you. I feel you. Thank you yeah. for your uh, insight. Yeah, I, and I think you're right as far as people mad at the situation and then just wanting someone to attack, like wanting a person to attack, you know? Um, Because I remember when I heard it and I was like, yeah, duh, it's going to get canceled. Like like, like you said, the NBA finals were canceled, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like the Olympics got canceled, right? Because I remember just hearing and just being like, oh, well, I'm glad they actually made the announcement. I'm glad it's actually canceled and not like leaving people wondering because we had told our families long before it officially got announced, like we're not doing summit. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but we're not, we're not going, we're just cutting our seats. So we had already like had our tears about it not happening. And then we just waited for an official announcement to actually happen, which, you know, it it took several weeks, but we are already, okay, well, I guess it's official now. And, you know, so people, but I also think Jason and like, I think that that is massively responsible from a gym standpoint to try to shroud and protect the financial burden and waste that your families would have possibly faced even more so mm-hmm. if they could not get ahead of making adjustments and undoing some of the plans. Mm-hmm. I, I, I find it massively irresponsible for the people who just were marching headfirst into the pandemic with their Disney park hopper pass in hand. Mm-hmm. Come hell or high water, we are having this. And oh, sorry, I don't know if I can say that or not. <laughs> but like, that is not a great service for the families who bear the financial burden of this sport. Mm-hmm. And again, we're going to talk about it later. The end of the, the, the end of season cost spending is just, it's a, it's a massive exit ramp from the sport in terms of what people can afford mm-hmm. right when you want them to sign up for another year of yeah. the sport. But we'll get into that a little bit later because I, I have very, very specific feelings about what we are doing to people in this sport. Can't wait. All right. So speaking of tweets that catch heat, you tweeted uh, years ago, and I can't remember uh, which team it was, but about a, a dance was ghetto. And then years later, that same tweet had resurfaced. And then you had mentioned something that you left it up because you felt it represented your growth, you know, just over the years. So can you, you know, clarify and ex- well, really expand on that? Cheer parents, super excited to introduce you to Lucky and Me, the sponsor for today's episode. Recently, I, but more specifically, our daughter Joey, got her hands on the Layla Razorback Tops and the Amira Spankies, and she absolutely adored them. Not only did she look incredibly cute in their designs, but she loved how soft they were. Some of their products feature smooth seams, while others utilize wide waistbands and active stretch fabrics, but they're all crafted with comfort in mind. Not to mention their products that feature, check this out, stay 
put technology. Guys, we've all been at cheer practice before and seen the girl who can't stop picking her wedgies. Guys, don't let that be your kid. Plus, they're perfect for kids with sensory issues, making them inclusive for all families. Not only will your child love the look and the feel of the products, but Lucky and Me is dedicated to giving back, partnering with organizations like Cocoa Tree Kids to donate underwear and active sportswear to children in need. So whether you're a parent looking for quality and comfort or you're just someone passionate about supporting brands that make a difference, Lucky and Me is the way to go. Visit their website today, luckyandme.com, and use the promo code LTC15 to get 15% off your first order and experience the difference firsthand. Link in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, ghetto was probably not an appropriate word choice now that I look back on it. In fact, I know that it was not. But I do think that there is a great power, like we talked about earlier, in mm-hmm. owning and putting a face and, and being okay with the things that you've said, as long as you've learned from them. Now, this industry specifically has a issue with mm-hmm. accountability and transparency. And that stems from the highest levels of the sport down to the lowest levels. I mean, you know, a kid will give you every single reason in the world for why they didn't throw their round off back handspring on that day, like because it wasn't uh, the harvest moon was not aligned and I could not <laughs> do my back handspring. Crazy things. But I left it up there because like, we have evolved from that. In the beginning, I, like I said, there was no plan for cheer updates. It was just random. We had no idea what was happening. I had no idea what to do. I thought that Twitter was for talking about Chipotle and my dog. Mm-hmm. And it really shows that it's it's okay. It's okay to show that you were once not the person that you are now. Mm-hmm. And as long as you've grown into a, a better person and you're not continuing to make those mistakes over and over again, I think there's a great power in like showing the evolution of people. Mm-hmm. Just like we want to see the evolution of athletes in the sport from back walkover through double full. We're not going to go scrub the internet of your busted, your first busted fool, like mm-hmm. evolve. You have evolved to the highest level of the sport. You've evolved into a higher human being. And that's why I left it up there, because I don't think that there is a great sense of accountability in this sport. And I don't think that people think that they should ever allow themselves to be seen as less than this perfect version of themselves. And that was not a perfect version of myself and not a perfect version of our brand. Mm -hmm. But we have, and you've probably even seen it, we have scrubbed even punctuation Mm -hmm. from most posts now because of the level of scrutiny that we get. And not to digress, but if you want to hear a funny story about how we've even evolved how we post an update, do you remember when Worlds was out on the football, the baseball field? Mm -hmm. And there were two large co-ed teams. One large co-ed team, massively successful. One large co-ed team probably shouldn't have been in the division, but Mm -hmm. they were sticking it out and giving a lot of kids an opportunity to go to Worlds, which is cool. And that team did not hit all year long. Mm -hmm. And they hit their routine at the World Championship in finals. And we were so excited. They weren't even in medal contention, but we were just so excited because for them, they had met an individual Mm -hmm. goal. And we tweeted, blank, blank, all-stars, hit, exclamation point. Mm -hmm. Couple minutes later, super massive, successful large co-ed team comes up, and they're not even in large co-ed anymore. So don't even try to assimilate it onto any of the current players because it's not them. And they hit their routine, and it was like blank, blank, all stars hit. Period. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, you better believe I got a text message from the the mm-hmm. established gym owner asking me, "Well, why did blank all stars get an exclamation point, and we only got a period?" Crazy. And and I said. I said, you are blank, explicitive all-stars. 
I expect mm-hmm. you to hit at the world championship. Yeah. I was like, in that moment, we were elated and thrilled for the kids who had not done anything all season. Yeah. And they hit their routine. I was like, so emotion got wrapped up in it. But when we self-reflect, I'm like, great. Punctuation is gone because people read too much into it. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to have these conversations anymore. Yeah, for sure. So again, like being accountable for it is huge. I mean, we have accidentally tweeted things and had to like fix them. Mm -hmm. Um, Not at our fault. Just when they change how we're going to Debbie out awards. And we announced that Twist and Shout Diamonds had won Worlds. And it was actually (laughs) Smoed because they went uh, 3-1-2 at that award ceremony because they were filming for television. And the funny tweet was that someone crashed their card at Walmart screaming. So that was tragic. But that happened. But I think like we are not perfect we will never be perfect but we are owning the imperfections and we are owning that going back to that tweet about a dance being ghetto nope wasn't a good word choice still not a good word choice you will never see that word choice again from us because we have evolved and we've grown beyond that mm-hmm. and i think that showing that journey i think is important i think that more people could do that yeah we have a lot more respect for them for sure but it was still ghetto <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what dance. I don't was, even know what that yeah. means at this yeah. point. Yeah. I don't even know who it was. I don't even yeah. know what that means at this point. Yeah, I just yeah. There you go. Uh, good stuff, man, dude. Crazy, <laughs> man, dude. I'm telling DJ. I remember you came to American Showcase in Anaheim. I think it was at the time. Okay, Anaheim, something like that. And you were there tweeting the event. And man, I had a restricted five that year, and we okay. hit. And I just remember coming off stage. Well, you know, grabbing the kids coming off stage and like going straight to Twitter to see if you had posted. I don't even think it was the graphics, like the uh, the GIFs. I think it was just still the still graphic, right? Just you oh, just okay. hit. And I just remember like busting that out and just like, dude, we hit. It was so much fun to get that we just hit graphic. And, you know, like and, you know, pumps up the kids. And so, yeah, it, you, you bring a lot of joy. You truly did bring a lot of joy. You know, the athletes out there like like seeing those things. So we were like, I'm. Remember when we brought up like the you just hit graphic we're like all right what are we gonna do and then we did it and then and now everyone does it and like some of them be yeah. lying some of them be lying they know they didn't hit <laughs> but but, yeah, but like I'll, but, but i'll say this about them too go ahead and lie because the judges they lie in too they didn't see it yeah right <laughs> yeah so go ahead if they give you a zero go ahead but i saw it yeah i saw it so random the funny story i remember uh, what is this? I'm at PCM. I coach medium or as large at the time, large all girl three, the soldiers of enchanted. Oh, I and, love them. Well, thank you. We go, we hit our routine. This is 2014. We hit our routine and you tweeted out. That might be the best level three team I've ever seen in my life. It probably was in that, in that time, in that moment it was right. So I'm, I'm on the moon. I am on the moon about that tweet. We end up getting third, first and second tied. Who was it? Laredo All-Stars. And I think uh, Spirit of Texas tied for first and we end up getting third. And I'm pissed. I'm I'm hot because I, you know, I think we're the best level three team in the world that year. And I send this email. I'm like, it, I got everyone CC'd on this thing. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, Justin, who know whoever else is on this thing. I'm like, who guys said this to? And I can't remember. <laughs> I don't remember if I actually followed through with it, but I just screenshot of your tweet. Like, and cheer up. They said it's the best little three teams I've ever seen in his life. So that counts. <laughs> And uh, it didn't change anything. I mean, but. it does. It 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 it, it, it matters. Yeah. It matters though. Like that's again, we don't tell we don't yeah, tell lies, you know? Jason. So, like it's not. Hey, fiction. We're the champs in your heart, so that's all it counts. The people's champ. Yeah, I mean, they still they probably still are amongst the best level three teams that I've ever seen. Yeah, that was a good good little team. So all right, here we go. So you still have them this year or no? 
No, well, we have. I'm at American Cheer now, so no soldiers of enchanted. Okay. But we have a we have a pretty decent level three team, I'd say, this year. So be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. Yeah, we're back in all girl okay. three. So medium all girl three. Be on the lookout for senior black. So we're, we'll see what we can do. But uh, yeah, man. Okay. Can you share a memorable moment from your journey that's had like a significant impact on your approach or your perspective in the game, man? I don't think that I have one specific moment. Uh, I do think that one of the most prolific things that I've encountered was, and just it was in retrospect, when I talked about earlier, 365 days after the manhunt at NACCC, Mm -hmm. I was standing in front of the same crowd having the same exact, like uh, we were talking about social accountability Mm -hmm. and uh, shout out to Cheryl from ECE who laid in wait Mm -hmm. for five months Mm -hmm. after NCA to kind of pounce on the opportunity. And we laugh about it now. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been 10 years since that happened, but like, I guess it was like validating, I guess for me that we did go ahead and successfully bring this out of the shadows, the anonymous shadows mm-hmm. into a light and stood in the light and owned it. I think that owning the things that we have said and done over the years, even in real life outside of cheerleading is really become a pinnacle as to who I have become and what I value. And that goes from uh, how I select my friends, who I allow into my circle and everything else. I'm only going to surround myself with people that I find to be aligned with mm-hmm. in self-accountability, in like their, their self-accountability, I think. Yeah. So I don't think that there was any specific moment. I mean, other than speaking in front of Doral, like at Doral, and I've spoken at tons of conferences since then. Mm-hmm. But um, in that moment, just putting it next to the previous year when there was a manhunt and people were getting called out almost like they were in cahoots with what was happening like it was going to be something bad and sure they were afraid they didn't know what was going to happen they don't know what it, it just emerged and then it was amassing followers yeah to be speaking in front of that same group was a really really cool moment mm-hmm. and it has still shaped me shaped me from there yeah dude good stuff dj this is the people are loving it i can already tell i can already tell i do a billion interviews the people are loving it we got a lot more so let's get to a break and we'll come back and we'll, and we'll get to know DJ more as a person. Awesome. Attention, cheer parents. I always say this. If your athlete is going to maximize their potential, it takes more than just two days a week at their cheer practices. So getting extra reps in at home is a great option. At Tumble Track, the ultimate destination for top quality cheerleading equipment, they understand the importance of safety and skill development. Their wide range of at-home products are designed to help your young athlete perfect their skills and build their confidence. Give your child the gift of practice, progress, and passion with TumbleTrack. Visit their website at tumbletrack.com and explore their fantastic range of products and make your cheerleaders' dreams soar. Link in the show notes. All right, Deej, we're back. So, DJ, who are you outside of cheer updates? I know that's a it's kind of a vague question and it's kind of a deep question. So, but who are you when you're not cheer updates? It is probably purposely vague. I think of cheer updates as a persona. It is something that I do. It is not something that I am. Cheer updates will exist and does exist without me even knowing what is going on. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of our staff think it's funny. I mean, people were asking me last year about what was going on at Spirit of Hope, and Mm -hmm. I was not checked in that weekend. And I was like, I literally have no idea. Mm -hmm. I I didn't even know Spirit of Hope was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is hard for people to realize, but there are 
it's evolved beyond one person at this mm-hmm. point. Um, so outside of being true updates, I think that I am first and foremost a friend. Mm-hmm. And for those of people who know me, friendship to me is something that is massively important. Probably have a very, very small group of people who I actually feel like I am friends with that I can be 100% with and that are 100% with me. You know what it's like when you just surround and you get all these yes people around you and then mm-hmm. that doesn't actually help you. So I rely on my my close group of friends to be there for me and I'm there for them in turn. And I am an uncle. I have two nieces and I have a nephew. My niece and nephew are actually twins. They're seven. It's it's psychotic sometimes. <laughs> um, but And neither one of them are in cheerleading anymore. We have a dancer and we have a baseball player and kickboxing. Yep. My niece who is now a freshman in college. She did cheer for 16 years, competitive all-star and um, loved it, but also found great satisfaction in moving on um, from the sport and becoming a, now she's a nursing student. So she's moving on to the next chapter of life. And I think that that is awesome. I love this sport so much and I love to see people be in the sport But I also think that there is a great thing in watching people move on to the next chapters of their lives Mm -hmm. and and become contributing members of adults. And sure, come back, go be a nurse, come back and be a great coach Mm -hmm. um, because you were an athlete who loved the sport. Like we need that. But um, we really need the kids to vacate being these forever cheerleaders mm-hmm. and get degrees or get trades and and go out and and move on in your life. Like, yeah. we cannot be cheerleaders forever. I'm a brother and I'm a dog dad. I have a miniature golden doodle who <laughs> is also psychotic. Um, he's actually upstairs. I hear him crying because he's locked in the bedroom right now. <laughs> because if not, he would be all over us. Right. And he, it's interesting. It's like, I guess I am cheer updates like and like the insights into who I am outside is I'm still a caring person. Mm-hmm. Like I am going to be blunt. I am going to be honest. I am going to be candid. I'm going to keep it 100 with everyone. But I I do care at the yeah. end of the day. Just like I care about cheerleading. I care about I care about the relationships. I care about the friends and the people that I am that I bring into the closest folds of my life. Yeah. And there's not many. There's not many of them because like I'm I'm sure that you know this. People in cheerleading and I have friends who are like no new friends because they're sus on like what mm-hmm. their alternative interest are in becoming close to you which like newsflash like i don't really do as much anymore as our staff does so you'd be better off becoming their friend (laughs) but yeah that's kind of who i am outside of cheerleading i recently took up running so i ran a 5k in chicago earlier this month gonna run a 10k in november i'm gonna do a charity 5k in december if that all goes good i am training for a half marathon in the springtime Um, so that's kind of that's, that's kind of like an unspoken no one really knows yeah so i have found joy in running which has been shocking i never thought that i would be a runner now i'm like i gotta go out and at least put in a 5k a day yeah um so yeah that's that's who i am i learned how to cook during covid because i was like a restaurant person Mm -hmm. and now like i find joy in cooking so and i find joy in having people over for dinner and like entertaining and yeah they there are other people in delaware that can come (laughs) over to my house for dinner so yeah and i travel with friends that's kind of kind of who i am outside of cheer updates yeah Uh, but it's all rooted in like it's all rooted in people it's all rooted in the people that i choose to be closest to and i have some of my closest friends one's in florida another one a two is in florida one's in one's in south florida one's in tampa one's in chicago one's in houston some are in atlanta some are in nashville some are in california but i think that i just prioritize and make time 
for the people that are important to me. Mm -hmm. So regardless of where I am or what is happening, like it could be NCA weekend and I still care what's going on yeah. in your, in your daily life. Even, even though I'm pulled in uh 800 other directions yep. with a thousand other people to talk to. I really just value people above all. And that is, that's kind of who I am outside of cheer updates. That's who DJ is. There you go. Yeah. Love it. I love, I love everything you said. I admire the running one day. One day I'm going to do a 5k. We'll see. We'll see. And you know what? Like I never thought that I would ever be a runner, Jason. And now I was like, I ran my best 5k. It was just over 30 minutes, which like, no, that is not <laughs> marathon pace or anything like that. But like, it was hard. And um, yeah. when I finished the 5k, I was like, okay, that was awesome. I'm so, I'm so proud of the fact that I was able to do that. And no, yeah. by any means, I do not want to become a marathon runner, but yeah. If my half marathon goes well, then I'll probably do a marathon in the fall just to say that I did it and then never do it again. Yeah, I feel it. Yeah, Dude, that's what I'm talking about. All right. So, you know, I love what you said is that, you know, I'm not cheer updates, right? I'm DJ and, you know, cheer updates is is what I do, right? And you've been able to separate the two. So I feel like we are all like that at one point where we're like, no, I am – you know, this cheerleader, like I am, you know, that's who I am. I know that was me at one point where it was like my whole identity was wrapped in just being a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of our cheerleaders in the industry in general, like really wrap their identity in that they are an all-star cheerleader and that's who their whole identity is. So I'm glad to hear like, you know, that you've separated the two, like, this is what I do, but you know, I, at the, at the heart, you know, I care for people and I'm a dad dog and, and an uncle, right. And I do all these, you know, I love, my friends. I love to travel and all those things. But tell me this, how has cheer updates influenced DJ as a person? I think very much like what I said earlier, I'm not always going to make people happy. I'm not, they're not always going to be pleased with me. And I have to be okay with that as long as it is centric to who I am and that I am okay with the decisions that I make and that I am everything that I do is rooted in the truth and honesty, then I have to be okay with that Mm -hmm. because everyone else has different relationships with truth and honesty. I embrace it. I think it is a great thing. I am purely transparent about how and why things are the way that they are. And depending on where you are on the spectrum of the industry, you have a different relationship or a different reality and trust or admiration of the truth and transparency, whether you are benefiting from it, from the lack of it, or if it is helping you further along your own brand, or you think that you are finding success in a little more shrouded niches of the industry that are not as transparent and trusted and vetted. And I'll leave it at that. Cheer Updates has made me an honest person. An honest person that has to be okay with everyone not always going to be okay or loving or going along with what I say, as long as I believe it to be a true and honest conviction. And again, there is no fault in the truth unless you are trying to hide from the truth to get something else. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I leave it at that. Like, that is how Cheer Updates has shaped me. Like, now, at any given time, I can communicate with, across the different platforms, a half a million people simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And... I have to very carefully choose my words, very carefully choose my punctuation. Yep. And that's why, yeah, I I guess cheer updates has become so blunt. And I am a very blunt person because then you cannot misconstrue what I am saying. There's no Mm -hmm. room for error or gray in the things that I am going to say and how I am communicating to you. And a lot of people love that. And some people don't. And that's okay. I just think they all have different relationships with the truth and transparency. And I am a truthful, transparent person who is okay with people not loving me. 
100% all the time. And I have friends that get mad at me. And and then it makes me question as to what degree of friend they are. And that's just, that's just a part of a part of life, I guess, without being philosophical, but you have to be okay with it. Like if I hung on to every single thing that people said, or came down on me for, I would be paralyzed. I would be paralyzed, yeah. unable to move. And I, that's not a place. That's not, that's not what's great for the sport. The sport needs transparency. It needs truth. It needs someone to trust and believe in. And yeah. I, I think that I am that person as well. So while I am DJ and cheer updates is cheer updates, we are very much woven together um, mm-hmm. like that, that it, we have both shaped each other, I think. Yeah. Over, over the last 12 years. There we go. All right. So speaking of truth, Share some truth with us, Deej, because I feel like you spark a whole new industry as far as anonymous accounts, because you were the original Anon account, right? And so how do you feel about like that they are just springing up? Not how do you feel about that they are springing up, but what are your thoughts on the increasing number of anonymous accounts on the social media platforms? Let me think about how I want to word this without being too offensive. I think that, yes, we were the original Anon. Yes, we, going back to that ghetto tweet about the dance, we have said things that were probably and are not appropriate. We have evolved and continue to evolve and groom how we communicate on the internet to be as least offensive as possible, always coming back to what the truth is. I also think it's important that we never, ever pinpoint one athlete. I see these conversations where we are dissecting children on the internet down to like what their hair looked like and how they landed their double full or they doubled down with their ankles crossed. And again, like none of that in the grand scheme of anything has a role on the internet. You're not their coach. You're not their parent. You're not them. And you're not judging them. Leave that to the technique judge to take down the ankles were crossed and the double downs or they were incomplete in their thing. Like they know, the the kids know. I think that there are some great anonymous accounts out there. And I think that they have, some have found great purpose in filling a void or niche, much like Cheer Updates did. And I think they do a great job and they inject different perspectives, some positivity, some, some are a mix of Cheer Updates with positivity. Like they try to sandwich the good with the bad or like the actual with the like a compliment. But I think that there is a great sense of validity, trust, and accountability in people knowing who you are. Everything that goes out on cheer updates, I have to own. Like people can call me and raise question and I have to own the things that I say. And I'm not dissecting children on the internet like a lot of these anonymous accounts do. And for people to sit back on the internet and just crucify children is sad and gross and not okay. And everyone that favorites them and retweets them just further pushes their agenda and gives them attention to continue doing it. If we wanted to eliminate the negativity and cheerleading on the internet, we would stop following, stop favoriting, stop resharing, stop screenshotting and sharing all of these drama-laced posts that serve zero purpose have zero ownership and identity behind the owner, and we could cut it off at its knees and it would be done. But this industry often is so shady and so drama-laden that we can't resist giving power to and legs to the people on the internet who are 
destroying and not making the sport attractive just by destroying and, and beating down and tearing down and tearing mm-hmm. apart children. There's no, there's no purpose in that. There's no, there's no place for that in cheerleading. Mm-hmm. And like, you can go on to these tweets and see who's favoriting them. And that just tells you a lot about the people that are interacting with these accounts, that they're okay with this. I tell people all the time, the things that you favorite, the things that you favorite on the internet are things that you're okay with. And this industry is okay with too much. I mean, I'll tell you what, a flat out, mm-hmm. someone goes on and says something off, off, off key towards cheer updates or bashing cheer updates, which they love to do. I go right to the favorites. Block, 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 block. You can join the 2,500 other people that are blocked on cheer updates. You don't get to access this anymore because cheer updates is a privilege. It's not Mm. something that you were entitled to. It is not a right. And that's how I feel about anonymous accounts. And and I'll just add this. While they think that they're anonymous, Mm -hmm. they're not as anonymous as they think they are. People know who they are (laughs) and they're waiting for that moment when they cross that line just a little too far and they won't know what hit them when it comes out. So sorry, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very passionate about the anonymous situation only because like I have to own everything that I say and everything that I punctuate. Like I told you earlier, and we have people that go out there and just spew hate for no reason other than it's probably mm-hmm. rooted in jealousy. But then there's no accountability in it because they don't have to put their identity out there. And so it's just blind hate. However, yeah. this industry is also at fault because we are giving power and legs to the blind hate by interacting with it. We could cut it all off and it would be done. There we go. Dude. All right. So, yeah. well, I, I feel like you've said this several times, but so I kind of want to remix the question, but kind of sounds like you're, you kind of feel like your responsibility towards the industry is to be a truth teller. Would that be accurate to say? Absolutely. 100%. There is no, nothing wrong with the truth. Mm-hmm. And if you find fault in the truth, then there's something else going on. Do you feel like you have a responsibility towards anonymous accounts, like to be like a, a role model for them on how an account should should be obviously can have their own styles. Like, you don't have to, you know, copy you. But do you feel like you have a responsibility towards these other accounts? I think that the good anonymous accounts out there that are doing great things that are boosting people up. And like, like I said, they're not all as anonymous mm-hmm. as they think they are. A lot of them, I know them like offline, I know them. And like, we've even conversated sometimes about like, what's okay, and what's not okay, or that was probably too far or but I for the the, the purely anonymous accounts that are just out there. No, I don't know mm-hmm. them anything. I think that they need to get off the internet and stop mm-hmm. destroying the sport. There we go. There we go. And stop just stop stop attacking children. Yeah, like, it's 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 not okay like a stuntfall is a stuntfall it's worth the same value whether it was dj or if it was jason it doesn't matter that jason <laughs> fell it's still a stuntfall yeah it doesn't matter i gotcha all right dude on that we're gonna get to a break coaches if we're coaching all year long shouldn't we be learning all year long as well training shouldn't just happen in the summer coming up january 5th through the 7th of 2024 next gen is hosting a two-day skills business and leadership conference in beautiful sunny san diego california Featuring keynote speaker Jeff Benson, friend of the show, Callie Ray Seitzer, my old teammate, and Sean Guzman, another friend of the show. And get that mid-year tune-up we all need to finish the season strong. Learn more and get registered at ngconferences.com. Link in the show notes. And we are back. So... DJ, like I, I said this a bunch of times, you've been great. The people are going to love it. We're not done. So we're going to go into a couple quick hitters. We've gotten pretty deep. And uh, so these should be a little bit 
easy. I don't want to say easier, but you know, we'll, we'll see. Let's see. All right. So in your opinion, DJ, what do you consider to be the best event in the industry? Without being cliche, mm-hmm. and I've been to all of them, I think that people should broaden their horizons a little bit. I know that you are this year, Jason. Um, the Champions League has completely reinvented itself over the last three seasons. It has gone from being a franchise run by different IEPs who didn't care very much about the brand or the experience they were giving. Now it's all run mm-hmm. corporate again. And I think that if people are looking for a different experience, because let's be honest, we've all been to the same events mm-hmm. over and over and over again. We know what's going to happen. We know how we're going to be treated. We know what to expect. If you're looking for something different, if you're looking for transparency, if you're looking for truth, if you're looking to enjoy yourself, if you're looking for people to be forward facing that actually care about your experience, any one mm-hmm. of the Champions League events would be a great event. And that's not just a shameless plug. But like, like I said, I get to work on all sides of um, the things that we do at Infinity. And that is one of our passion projects is elevating athlete and really spectator mm-hmm. experience again, because those are things that have gone yeah. to the wayside just in the run to to make money as much money as possible and not care about the experience because we've got this mm-hmm. bid to go to like, who cares that you didn't enjoy yourself? We've got yeah. a bid for this and you can and you can go here. Like, but who cares? Like, because what? You're going to get that bid. And you're going to go to that end of the year competition mm-hmm. and you're going to hate it too. And then you paid money twice to hate it. <laughs> so again, I think that the Champions League events and people don't realize that have completely reinvented themselves and really invested in the athletics athlete and team experience from the people they brought on board the top scoring experts we pay the judges more than any mm-hmm. event is paying them and we feed them right on panels they don't eat like box lunges or hot dogs mm-hmm. in the concession lines which is really gross i mean as a judge that's part of the reason i got out i was like this they, i said i'd rather lay on the couch with my dog than go judge these events because they don't pay me enough money to eat hot dogs mm-hmm. so yeah. that is what that's what i would recommend if i had to say what the best event in cheerleading is try something new go do something new i guarantee you will not be disappointed doesn't have to be champions league try something different this year try something different next year but again put champions league on there i guarantee you'll have a great time there we go and yeah and i think i talked about this a few episodes ago can't remember which episode it was but i was like you know varsity does a good job of giving us the same event every single weekend which is cool Mm -hmm. you need this consistent product where i know that we're going to go there. I know what to expect. And I just my personal opinion, I think independent event producers should roll the dice more in giving us an experience that we don't get at Varsity, right? Because it's kind of, I would say, disappointing when you go to an independent event producer and it's pretty much just a varsity event. You know what I mean? Where you're just where it's just pretty cookie cutter. I have a counter for that though, Jason. Yeah, go ahead. Everything costs money. True. So they can't bankroll some extravagant <laughs> no, I, never I, experienced yeah. before event for you when they only have fifty teams coming because they all gotta be over here competing to get their summit bid. Yeah. And that's the that's the hard part. If they want something different, they've got to invest in doing something different mm-hmm. also and doing something different with confidence. Not being like, Oh, I'm gonna send you one team mm-hmm. to try it out. Well, with one team, okay, I can get you a balloon. Mm-hmm. Maybe a balloon yeah. arch. Like, go all in. Like, when American comes to Champions League in Vegas, I guarantee you it will be a great experience from prom night mm-hmm. through the awards. It's going to be there a great go. time. And, I mean, and these IEPs really care, like, because they have to. They have to care. They haven't built this, like, funnel ecosystem that you just get cycled around all year long, spending your money, spending your money, spending your money, dropped out the bottom, spend your money again with mm-hmm. the same company. They have to make sure that your experience is great. So people really should give them a chance. I mean, especially because I know it's going 
going to happen. Come to some of these big competitions again, I'm going to be traveling with my big therapy couch. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be like, well, it's, it's, like, it's like the breakup. You know you need to break up with him. You know he's been treating you yeah. the same way for the entire your entire relationship. And but but here we are. Here we are again. We're we're sad again. Mm-hmm. You knew it was going to happen. And like and I am that therapist. And that I, I I told my friends that's my approach this year. I'm like, well, you knew it was going to yep. happen. So I am a little less sympathetic <laughs> to you this, on the fifth time yeah. around. No, for sure. I feel you. And our family. Hey, any event producers listening? I'll try out a new experience. I really will. That's that's actually why I'm really excited to go to Champions League. You know, talking to Sean and just about like you said the prom and just every thing. I'm like, yeah, we need different experiences in the industry. And um, sometimes I just feel like, Mm -hmm. and you're exactly right. You're hundred percent right. We can't smaller event producers can't do these big extravagant things without customers and clientele are actually going to show up to the event. Right. And so we're, it's like this double-edged sword where I'm more creative and can do something more than varsity. I just don't have the bankroll to, to support it. Right. And so, and so, well, you know, all these things, but anyway, I'm excited to try out champions league. I, I really am. And, you know, I kind of think you gave us the heads up. What's up? Give me something personal favorite routine of all the years. Don't get yourself canceled. (laughs) Wait, you don't, you don't my recommendation on an event that everyone should experience at least once. Okay. Give me, okay. Give it to me. A recommendation. Everyone should experience once. All right, let's hear it. I had to recommend one event that everyone should experience at least one time. It's NCA All-Star Nationals. And I know that some people in Memphis are probably going to be shocked that I'm saying <laughs> this. But it is truly unlike anything that anyone will experience in All-Star Cheerleading. I think that it is even more grand than the World Championship in the, especially in the arena setting because it's so mm-hmm. intense. And I, I also say this with confidence only because I know that you've seen the news headlines where Dallas is preparing <sighs> to enter into a multi-year complete reconfiguration of the convention center mm-hmm. complex and we don't really know what NCA is going to be like after mm-hmm. the fact or whether whether what it's going to be like during it so if I had to say you have to go to experience one event at least one time go to NCA before Dallas tears apart that convention center and changes yeah. it forever there we go yeah you, you did tweet something like that did you didn't you <laughs> I think that's like uh, the I only did. reason we're going this year because we hadn't gone in the last two years yeah because of crossover issues or whatever. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, I didn't really plan on going this yeah. year, but our families were like, Jason's last year, you know, or, you know, possibly the last year. Well, and Jason, like, and here's the thing, like this will shock some people that I recommended NCA All-Star Nationals, but I'm also a realist at the, at the core. I am a realist. Go and experience it before it's mm-hmm. not the same. And, and that's me pushing people to NCA All-Star Nationals because they'll get the experience that is not going to be maintained very yeah. much longer. But at the same time, when I said that NCA was going to be canceled because they were using it as a COVID vaccine site in October and Justin Carrier said no it's going to happen up until January when everybody paid mm-hmm. their amount paid their, their final balances and then it was virtual so people forget that I have just given a plug to NCA All-Star Nationals and they just want to affix their memory to the fact that I was mm-hmm. the realist the same realist who told them that it was going to be a COVID staging site for vaccines yeah. this industry is so finicky that it's it's crazy I love it and I hate it at the same time it's so crazy alright from now on if Cheer Update says it I'm, <laughs> I'm believing it hey see said it that's that's my new gospel right there so there we go all right <laughs> he said it it's written in stone so all right okay so now i gotta now i gotta go back because you might have a good answer for this what's something that should be on everyone's radar there are a lot of great events out there that are happening that are established that 
are preparing to emerge. I There's two events that I think that are going to be kind of everybody's radar next season. I fully expect the group at the one to completely reinvent themselves and come out as an actual brand, not a conglomeration of brands, which mm-hmm. I think will be very cool for them and give a very unified experience. And they're very unique in that they, even before the regional summit, they were doing the regional versions of the one because not everybody can mm-hmm. get on a plane and go to Orlando every single year financially. And then another one of the events that are coming out, and it's another Infinity product that's releasing in Arlington this year, is the Grand Prix, mm-hmm. which is super cool because the format is different. It carries like a money round and everything else into it. It has, instead of a prom, it has a parade of champions. So it's very much like Olympic mm-hmm. prestige driven. That will be their Friday night activity, a parade of champions. And this one's actually happening in downtown Arlington through Texas Live, which is super cool. But the money round is so cool because no one's ever done it. Everyone, we've done program champions where we give money for programs. Mm-hmm. But now they're going to take these programs and they're going to be like, okay, great, Jason, here's your, you're one of the program champions. Here's your four teams that qualified. Which team are you putting into the money round? Mm-hmm. And they're going to give out, you're going to perform one more time and they're going to give out 25,000, 15,000, 12,000, and two $5,000 prizes for five teams. Five great, different programs. Just based on that one team. Off that one, on that, off that one cool. third performance that, you picked. We're gonna yeah. see. A, we're gonna see a lot of junior two. We are not gonna see a lot of world teams <laughs> in this money round. Yeah, because you know it's either good or it's really yeah. bad. Junior two, they can carry it. Junior two and youth two, I think, are gonna be the ones that carry the money round. So the Grand Prix is happening in Arlington in March, and next year I know they already have a date um, in Atlanta at the brand new Signia Hotel attached to the Mercedes Benz Stadium. So I think that those will be two events, two events to kind of check out. Just again, it's different. It's offering a different experience. It's not the same old same old there i'm glad i went back and asked that question that's great we might be in dallas in march people. yeah, yeah. that's good that's really cool <laughs> all right okay so now let's get back to the um your favorite routine over the years my favorite routine is old and there and i mean by modern day standards it's not very good but i just love it world cup starlights 2008 there we, at there we go Juniors. juniors yeah they won that year they and they stunned to fantasia fantasia barino <laughs> who was on american idol and like they did that little like bridge i got goosebumps thinking about it now they did a little bridge where they were like up in the extended air bath and then dropped it back and then threw it back up yeah still iconic and my friends will be like we, we talk about this all the time with my friends and they're like oh well we know dj loves starlights from 2008 and in modern day standards it's not anything but i mean neither is the ball up 360 mm-hmm. now it's a level four yeah. skill but in that moment it was awesome but um yeah i would have to say starlights 2008 when they stunned it to Fantasia. It was a moment. There you go. Dude, I love that. I coached this kid when I was coaching at CBU who cheered. She was on Smoed like during that run. And I was like sharing with her like some of my favorite routines and I shared with her, was it the 0405 TGLC when they were at Cheer Sport? And okay. I shared that video with her. And I'm like, dude, this routine, I'm telling you, it's great. And she's like, why are there so many round off tucks? <laughs> Like, I don't know, girls. I'm not sure it was back in the day. That's what we were doing. Yeah. That's what we were doing. I was like, but that, the routine, that that was the routine right there. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, here we go. Quick hitter. Division, your preferred division to watch at Worlds. Don't get canceled. You guys always hear me talk about Sounds Like That, the official music producer of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Well, Sounds Like That is actually part of a bigger music team, Power Music. Power Music, your number one source for licensed cheer and dance music with over 750 pre-made mixes. 
mixes. These pre-made mixes are perfect for a variety of teams, including half-year teams, prep teams, novice, school, dance, and more, with prices starting as low as $15. Say it louder for the people in the back, as low as $15 and full two minute and 30 second tracks are available for just $95. You can easily find the perfect mix for your team no matter the budget, but that's not all. You can also customize your mix with voiceovers, sound effects, song swaps, and more. With instant downloads available, you can have your perfect mix ready today if you wanted. Head on over to PowerTierMusic.com and use the promo code LTC10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Link in the show notes. I would say any division that actually has competition. Mm-hmm. I love large co-ed and large senior, but I mean, you got a one in one in four chance of winning and a one in two chance of winning the other one. Mm-hmm. It's it just, it, it's lost some of its excitement. It's still incredible. The organization of that many athletes and to orchestrate a routine of that caliber. Mm-hmm. It's still incredible. But I think that this year, if I had to pick one division, I'm excited for small co-ed. I'm excited for small senior to be alive again, mm-hmm. but I am cannot wait to see medium co-ed. Okay. The depth of talent in that division and all those world champions put together, it is going to be a spectacle. There we go. Yeah, it's going to be a spectacle. I'm excited for medium co-ed. And, and they're always so talented. All right. Like, and they're always so good. They don't, have, they don't really have many off days. Like Anybody could win on any mm-hmm. weekend, I feel like. I'll be on the lookout. Yeah. Same question. Yeah. Favorite lower level division? This one will probably surprise people. And it's because I coach both of them. Medium youth two or medium junior three. Oh, there we go. Because those kids still want to please the coaches so much. They work so hard. Mm-hmm. And like they're not they don't have the distractions of life from being like a teenager mm-hmm. and everything else like in high school and all that drama. Like they still are so passionate about the sport and so good. And those divisions are deep. Mm-hmm. So if you can come out on top of those divisions, like um, you, you're it. Yeah, there we go. We had a youth, we had a medium youth two one year, and that was that was a hard year. I think we, I, don't, I can't remember what we ended up getting third or fourth one year at the summit, but yeah, that was a hard. It's hard to get kids. It's funny. I always say this. We've we've had a youth three for the last several years, but that youth two like really opened my eyes at their youth age. It was my first time coaching a youth team, and I was like, oh, these are like little kids stunting other little kids. You know, um, yeah. It was like so hard for me to get those kids to stunt because I was so used to coaching juniors and seniors and then i'm like oh man these kids are like it's hard to get these kids to lift other kids um uh, and that mm-hmm. was such a struggle so much easier for me still. to coach yeah so much easier for me to coach youth three now but back then that youth two again my first youth team was just i struggled so shout mm-hmm. out to all the youth coaches out there all right in your opinion what makes a routine great a routine that makes me forget that it's happening in two minutes or two and a half minutes mm-hmm. like i like i mean you've watched your teens that you're like when is this what is happening mm-hmm. when is this going to be over and you've watched your teens that you're like what just happened mm-hmm. like how did they do all of that um if i had to pick one routine that made me forget about where i was it was 2022 it was showtime from diamond all-stars in knoxville they were a non-tumbling co-ed team mm-hmm. and for that two minutes i forgot that they were not non-tumbling because mm-hmm. i was so engrossed in what was happening visually on the floor it was a work of art so routine like that that you don't you're never waiting for something else to happen mm-hmm. it's just evolving in front of you i think those make great routines there we go love it i need to go watch that several people have like loved that routine i still haven't watched it i need to go watch it i know i'm a terrible cheer person i never know what's going on in the industry i was fortunate jason i got to watch it from the front row of world so i was even more engrossed mm-hmm. in the moment but again i was like I literally forgot that they were not, that they did no tumbling. Yeah. It was a work of art. All right, here we go. Now, here's a, I really want to hear this. Give me something 
that you've that you've learned just sitting and watching like you said you've watched a lot of two minute and 30 seconds like what's something you've learned just sitting in the stands all these years the judges don't always get it right Mm -hmm. that's one thing that i've learned and there's no good way to explain that to the team there's no good way to explain to children that adult professionals don't have to take accountability for their jobs. Mm-hmm. Because if you didn't throw your back handsprings or your tucks and you fell out of range, that's on you. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing on them. And the way that scoring has become such a a weapon where it's all blockaded and you can only talk about, again, like I, I, I talk about the harvest moon all the time. Like, oh, sorry, you can't talk about it because the harvest moon was not in alignment with your routine. And like we make all these fictional reasons why we can't talk about it. And it really makes me angry because it is not what's good for the sport. It's what's good for the pocketbook. Mm-hmm. It's like, great, thank, thank you. The cheerleading has become so transactional that like we spend crazy amounts of money to go to these events where the results are not quantifiable and no one's accountable for them. Mm-hmm. And they get it wrong. And then they admit that they get it wrong. And then they don't do anything about mm-hmm. it. They're like, yeah, well, we know we got this wrong, but there's nothing we can do. Actually, that's a choice. Mm-hmm. There's, it's a choice to not do anything. Yeah. Like that, that is a, a conscious choice. And I think that a lot of that choice is rooted in if we are constantly undoing all of these errors, we are eroding at the belief that we are the authority on cheerleading. Mm-hmm. And that is something that certain brands have worked very, very hard to make a part of their identity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why that's why we're not willing to roll back even though we know that it's wrong. And they acknowledge that it's wrong. I mean, we just had one this year. Poor Pittsburgh superstars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, fortunately, fortunately, we fortunately we got in touch with all of our contacts and got them some jackets because, I mean, some Top Gun people sent jackets, some Cheer Athletics people sent jackets, some Stingrays people had jackets come in, some Air- Top Gun Arizona people had jackets. Well, they've all won over and over and over <laughs> again. Super they cool. wanted these yeah. kids to have what they had actually earned. So, yeah. That, that's infuriating that there's no accountability for uh, for the jobs of adults in this sport. But you better believe you better throw that tuck and you better have the right number of jumpers or we're coming for you. It's mm-hmm. not reciprocal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, that's pretty heavy. There we go. No, no, I... <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's get to one more heavy one then. DJ, speak to us. Give us your insights, and this is I get this is going to be a heavy one. Give us your insights on the current state of the cheerleading industry. We are at a crossroads in how much this sport can bear at the bottom. Athletes mm-hmm. financially, the costs have continued to go up. We can't help ourselves out of going into situations and spending money that we know could be possibly better spent for our businesses because we are chasing the we're trying to keep up with the joneses Mm -hmm. and there's some that have started defect and not go they're like okay well i don't really need to go to this event but we're not following at a great enough pace the costs that came out this year for certain events have taken us over a dangerous threshold Mm -hmm. i do not think that we are onboarding and bringing enough kids into this sport at this point to make up for the ones that we are hemorrhaging due to cost Mm -hmm. and not saying it's anybody's fault specifically but i think that we need to look at the great picture of who is financially benefiting and who has an invested in the sport and who wants their money back the fastest. And they don't care what happens to the sport um, at the lowest level. They don't care if Jason's All-Stars go out of business. Mm -hmm. They want their $2 billion back as fast as possible because that's how they make their money. Mm -hmm. Then they turn around and invest in another suffering company. And I just think it's unique and interesting to look at what happened with Toys R Us, who was a part of the same group. Toys R Us Mm -hmm. is gone, Mm -hmm. but they got their money back and they don't care. And I don't want to see the Jason All-Stars go 
because we are we can't help ourselves from keeping up with these absorbent costs. Yeah. Now a little I'm like a little bit of a nerd, a little bit of like a stat nerd, Jason. I went on to ESPN Wide World of Sports, and end of season events are the pinnacle of, in my opinion, often wasted money. Mm-hmm. And we all can't help ourselves. We all got to go. We can't stop ourselves from this vicious cycle. Now I did a spreadsheet from November of 2021 through July of 2022 last year of every single event, not just cheerleading that happened at ESPN Wide World of Sports. Cheerleading is the only one that requires park hopper passes. Hmm. I'll say it again. Cheerleading events are the only ones that require park hopper passes. Cheerleading at its cheapest experience at the World Championship, in that year it cost $490 for that kid to walk out on the floor and have a park hopper pass. The kid, did that doesn't include their hotel. It doesn't include transportation. It doesn't include food. Just that. Doesn't include mom coming. Nothing. The cheapest it costs, you're guaranteed one minute at the World Championship. is $163.33 per minute for global. Now that's a deal because you get three minutes. Mm-hmm. If you were on a regular elite team, two and a half minutes, it costs you $196 per guaranteed minute because you're or guaranteed performance because you're only guaranteed one performance. You're guaranteed two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. If you were on a non-tumbling team, it costs you $245 a minute because it's only two minutes. The next most expensive sport to happen at ESPN Wild World of Sports guarantees 96 minutes of playtime. It's a three-on-three soccer. Mm-hmm. It costs 80 cents a minute. Mm, crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, crazy. Spectators, cheerleading, cheerleading, spectators, 40 and $45 a day. No kid price. The next most expensive sport, $19.50 per day for an adult. $14.50 per day for a kid. Jason, you could take an entire team of 26 kids so, just to, clarify, to Disney Spring Training for seven days of activities for $269.23 per athlete. And no park hopper was required. So that, I think, is very telling of what is happening to the sport. We are at a very dangerous crossroads. We have to start making smarter mm-hmm. decisions for our customer base. And even if it's it's not, they don't think it's awesome that year that we're not going to go to so-and-so or go do something else. Save them from themselves. Because if mm-hmm. they spend $5,000 in one weekend, and then you're asking them to sign up for another year, which costs what? five dollars to $7,000? Mm-hmm. Some of them aren't going to have it. And we're going to continue to lose kids in this sport. Yeah. We have to get out of Walt Disney World. We have to get out of Walt mm-hmm. Disney World. We have to get off of the park hopper. It is, it is, Disney is only going to get more and more expensive. That, that's, that's the trend that it's been on. Yeah. So it'll continue. And, and I'm worried. I'm worried that at the very top, the people who want their money back from their investment don't care about the ripples mm-hmm. that happen to the sport in the years to follow. And I don't know what the aftermath will be. Here we go. Dude, th- those are jaw-dropping numbers. I can't even believe that. I mean, I can I yeah. can believe it, but it's... It's, 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 it's kind of gro- yeah. gross when you look yeah, at it yeah, like that. Yeah, for sure. That, no, that's insane. That's crazy. One thing, you know, people always ask, you know, why don't we take... We don't take level ones to the summit. So we have 13 teams in our program this year, and we only take three to the summit. You know, because... You know, we have to protect our families yeah. from themselves. Like, I know they want to go to the summit, but they can't mm-hmm. do that in perpetuity, you know, and just spend this money over and over and over again. And even our three teams that go, those numbers still yeah. worry me about the three teams that go to the summit, you know? Well, it's like, I mean, my niece competed at the summit mm-hmm. for, I don't know, seven years in a row. Yeah. We spent $35,000 on the summit mm-hmm. for our family to go down. $35,000 yeah, on sure. seven weekends. It's a lot of money. Most definitely. Dude, TJ, you just, you just broke the internet. <laughs> We're going to get to a break and we're going to get to our final four questions. Okay. 
Gym owners, do you find yourself working 100-hour weeks? And then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout? The business coaches at NextGen, some of my good friends, can help you get out of that rut. They, in fact, are gym owners themselves, so they've been in your shoes. The NextGen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how Next NextGen can help you. Book a call at nextgenowners.com. And we're back. So DJ, we're going to get into our final four questions. Same four questions we ask all of our guests that come on. And so you're going to be added to the uh, the Hall of Fame, the vault. So let's start off here with the easy one. Um, what needs a, And you only need to answer one of them. What needs to start, stop, or change in the industry? I would go with change. I think that we need to change how we tolerate and accept the things that are passed down mm-hmm. to us. We don't have to go along with everything that comes down from above us and be okay with it just because we think that everyone else is going to be okay with it. It's okay to defect. It's okay to try and do something new. It's okay to stop just following everybody else um, because you think that's what is socially what the industry is expecting Mm -hmm. from you. Because if we get some people defecting and there are some that are defecting and trying different things and changing up how they do things, I was like, then it makes it okay for other people Mm -hmm. to do it. If we all just continue along with the status quo, we stay on this vicious cycle where we have no control and no power. We just keep going around in this miserable cycle and we will have nothing to show for it at the end because we have just continued to give of ourselves and give of our businesses and give our money to the same exact thing with the same exact outcome. There we go. Insanity for sure. All right. All right. What's a myth, rumor, or narrative you would like to debunk? Well, the myth is that I did not cancel the world championship. <laughs> Someone else actually made that decision. I mean, you would people are still like, oh my God, do you remember when you canceled the world championship? Nope, I just told the truth. But I think that the narrative that needs to be dunked, debunked is that, like I told you earlier, Cheer Updates is far larger than just DJ mm-hmm. at this point. And while I may be the easiest target when you don't like something or you have a different relationship with the truth than I do, it's not okay to attack and come at DJ. Because one, it is always going to be the truth. Two, Sometimes I don't even know what's going Mm -hmm. on. Like there are multiple people who now work on this account. And when you look at the amount of resources and sources out there, we're in the hundreds of people that are contributing Mm -hmm. things. We have people that are contributing things right from within your own gym Mm -hmm. complaining about you that like, no, I'm not going to put it out there and bash you like and everything else. But like that is real. That is really happening. And you have no idea what's happening and you have no idea what the source is often. And you don't need to know either you are on board with what we've been doing for the last dozen years or you're not and that's okay but again the narrative that dj is cheer updates i am a person who does cheer mm-hmm. updates sometimes but there are tons of other people who are pouring things in there so if i got to be the the scapegoat for you well then i would just say don't expect a response if it's insanity because some of the things that i receive on my phone are mm-hmm. insanity so yeah that's that's what i would want to debunk i think yeah cheer updates is bigger than yeah. one person there we go i'm gonna be a, a source now for you i'm gonna start letting you know the inside what's going on on the west coast <laughs> all right here we go so who else should we have because you were recommended by Allison. So who do you think should be on the show? So I have two people and I thought about this really hard. I have two people and one you will know and one is so elusive of the industry that you probably couldn't pick her out of a lineup. But she is a really, really cool human being who just loves cheerleading so much but doesn't love cheerleading in the way that she wants to be involved Mm -hmm. in all of this. She wants to be just in her bubble. So my first one would be Jocelyn Herod from Mm -hmm. Brandon. I have massive amounts
amounts of respect for her. She is an incredible human. She's very much like myself. You're always going to know where you stand with her. She is very, very strong in her convictions and why she is the way that she is. And I think that she would be an awesome interview. All righty. My second one would be Renee Basham. Mm -hmm. Do you know who that is? I do not. Renee owns Prodigy All-Stars. Okay. But you probably couldn't pick Renee out of a lineup. She does not run in the social circles. She is purely in cheerleading for the love of the sport and in her own sphere with her own kids and her own program of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But they have made a lot of like um, a lot of like uh, waves. I mean, people are talking about them constantly. And I think it would be really cool if you kind of pulled back the veil a little bit. I think it'd be cool for her too. I actually told her that I was doing this podcast and I was going to recommend her. And she's like, oh no, (laughs) don't recommend me. Yeah. um, If you can get Renee Basham, you you will not be disappointed. She is, if I had to pick top five favorite gym owners, she is amongst them only because she is so different from everybody else. Yeah, she's so unique in in her approach to cheerleading and why she is the way that she is. And I think that it would be very telling for you to understand why the Prodigy product is what it is. There we go. Coming from her, who you you wouldn't know who she is, Emily. All right, Renee, Jocelyn, you heard the call. Let's get you on the show. Let's make it happen. Good stuff, Mm -hmm. man. All right. And um, for those living under a rock, DJ, where can people, where can our listeners find you online? Um, We are online everywhere under the Cheer Updates name, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok a little bit. I'm not really great at editing TikToks and I don't have time to do it. So, (laughs) but yeah, we're, um, we're everywhere that cheerleading is. So you can, you can find us if you follow anybody from your gyms. I'm sure that they are resharing the content at some point. Everybody gets really, really excited at this time of year. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's going to be another awesome season. There we go. DJ, thanks so much for coming on. Our listeners are going to just so enjoy this episode. You've been great and you're welcome back anytime. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate you. Dude. Hey, let's talk cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out. Check them all out. And I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.